Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. Game changer. The phrase game changer is a sport terminology, which implies something has happened. In some sporting event that was so significant it changed the outcome. It turned certain defeat into victory. Another definition I'd like to bring before you for a game changer is a newly introduced element or factor which caused an alteration of the found results of an existing situation in a significant way. What better way to describe the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, the resurrection changed everything. It changed the cross from a symbol of shame and tragedy into a glorious and triumph element. It changed the heathen Roman Empire into a Christian state. It changed the day of worship for the Jewish believers from the Sabbath to the Lord's day. It even changed the way that the world date events from B.C. to A.C. Every new year when we go to another year, we need to reflect back and say it was 2019 or where about that, that Jesus was born. Bible scholar and pastor and theologian John MacArthur spoke of the effect of the resurrection that made in the life of a Christian. He said the resurrection is ground for our insurance. It's the basis for all our future hopes. It is the source of power in our daily lives here and now. It gives us courage in the midst of persecution, comfort in the midst of trial, and hope in the midst of this world darkness. The resurrection. For those of us who have trusted Christ as our Savior, there are three aspects that the resurrection changed. First of all, it changed our past. Changed us from the children of the devil to a child of God. Second, it changes us from sinner to saint. Not only did it change our past, it changed our present. The life we live is no longer for ourselves. We are bought with a price. Our lives are not our own. It also calls us to a life of service. It gives us the power to walk after the spirit and no longer after the flesh. The other and last thing that it changed for the believer is our future. It changed our destination. I was on my way to hell. But it changed my end. It also changed my fate. Changed my destiny. Which is my fate. 
You see, the Bible said that we were all born in sin and shaped in iniquity. We can use that as an excuse or something that Adam did, but had we been in Adam's place, we would have done the same thing. Since the Bible says that the penalty of sin is death, and since all have sinned, then all deserve hell. The resurrection from the grave defeated sin and death and changed all that. It paid the price, yes, Morgan, in full. That changed our end place. We're set free from the penalty of sin. That changed our faith. The glorious benefits of the resurrection, however, is not automatic. Everybody don't get it. It has to be accessed only by faith through grace. Paul writes to the church at Rome something very pivotal to the resurrection, even though it may not seem so at first. In chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, I think it's beneficial for our reading today. Here's what Paul says in verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we also have attained access by faith into this grace we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory, the what? The glory of God. You see, our resurrection changed our relationship with God. See, we was condemned, but now we're justified. See, we once was at war, but now we're at peace. We once were foes, but now we're friends. Not only did the resurrection change our relationship with God, it changed our standing before God. You see, before the resurrection, access to, to God was denied. But the resurrection changed that. Now we have access granted. We also had fear of judgment. We were standing as a condemned criminal, but now we stand in the hope of grace. The resurrection was indeed a game changer. Verse 6 in chapter 5 says this, And while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one would scarcely die for a righteous man, though perhaps a, for a good man one would dare to die. But God showed his love for us, and while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Can somebody say glory to the Lamb? The death of Jesus paid our sin there, therefore we escaped the horror of hell. You see, Jesus not only became our substitute and not only died in our place, but he experienced hell for us. I don't think y'all got that. The Bible tells us distinctly that that's where he went. He set those people free, but that's where we should have been. So the resurrection changed me from a torch to a preacher. Can somebody say glory 
to the land. You see, hell has been described as being separated from God. I know we think oftentimes of the fire and the worms eating and all that's part of it. But more than anything, what people are going to realize that there is separation from God, there's no hope. And while hanging on the cross, bearing our sin, Jesus became separated in order to die. The only time in all eternity that the Son of the Word had been separated from the Father. It was at that moment that he cried, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He did it for you. Can somebody say, glory to the Lamb? Jesus paid the price with his death, but his resurrection gave us life. See, he could have left it right there. He could have left it right there, and we just been annihilated. But Morgan has said he went and prepared a place for us that we can live for him eternally. Meanwhile, he is our great high priest who present his blood to the Father. I gave this example of what it really means to have grace in your life. When a baby is born, one of the first things they put on the baby is a diaper or a pamper. The purpose of that is to catch the poop. Do we get mad at a baby because he poop? No, what do we do? We clean him up, put on talcum powder, and put on another pamper. And what does the baby do? He don't say thank you. He poops again. And what does the parent do? You see, we all got some issues because we're all babies. We're all children of God. And we're all going to poop every once in a while. But God in his mercy for us, he just changes our diaper. Just wipes us off. Just put tackle powders on that and put another diaper on that. Somebody ought to say, glory to the Lamb. Verse 9 says, since therefore we have been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we have been reconciled, shall be saved by his life. Saved by his life. That implies the resurrection. Reconciled had to do with our theme for the month, to be restored to a favorable relationship. Enemies are subject to God's wrath. Friends are invited in. The blood mentioned in this passage is the payment for sin. And justified means to be declared righteous. 
going back to my analogy of a baby growing up. God loves us so much that he cleans us up every time we mess up. But then we grow up eventually. And with growing up, there is some changes made. Today we come to rejoice in our salvation. We can't rejoice because of the things that the resurrection changed. Listen to me now. Thinking of our sports analogy, the resurrection changed our opponent. Think y'all get that. You see, we used to be against God. But now we are for God. Many of y'all have gone to some type of arena sport activity. And wherever a team is playing, they don't sit together. One sit on one side and one sit on the other side. Yesterday when I came back by the evangelism meeting, it was cold and so I just grabbed the jacket not realizing what it was. But Ron Morgan reminded me that I had on a Georgia Bulldog jacket. And the first thing he said was roll tide. I reminded him we both were born in Georgia. We just married Alabama women. But when you go to the game last year, between Georgia and Alabama, they both have similar colors of red. Alabama a little darker. But nobody from Alabama's side was sitting over there on Georgia's side rooting for Georgia. The resurrection changed your side. You were all there in the world doing things and, 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 and glorifying the devil. But the resurrection changed your opponent. Not only that, the resurrection changed your stadium. Changed your arena. There's something called a home field event. When you got a home field advantage, people around you root with you. That's why some of y'all really ain't got no joy. You're still out there in the, in the enemy's home field. See, this is the home field. When you come in here, you got people that like you. That all, everybody will be saying the same thing. So when I say, glory to the Lamb, I ought to get an Amen. Even though I don't cover no amen, but you change your stadium or your arena. Not only that, you change your team. You went from one team to another. And when you change team, guess what? You change coaches. In other words, now somebody else is calling the plays for you. Since the resurrection was a game changer, we ought to change some things. We ought to change our habits. The old song says, things I used to do, I don't do no more. 
We ought to change our ways. It needs to be more than a song, but a lifestyle. We need to change some of our friends. I know y'all don't like that, but you need to change some of your friends. We need to change our way of thinking. In fact, we need to change the way we live. Yes, the resurrection has implications for our past, present, and future. But the same power that raised Christ from the dead is living in every true Christian. So you can change. But God wants us not just to believe in Jesus' resurrection. He wants us to be changed by that resurrection. He wants us to receive the power of the resurrection in order to live the life he desires us to live. This thought came to me in preparation for this. Something that I observed once. An injured player who was getting old in the NFL was traded to make room for a superstar that they had just brought on board. This team with the superstar was predicted to go all the way and win the Covenant Prize. However, this superstar team lost in the first round. And that team that the injured player was traded to, the underdog, against all expectation, ended up winning the Super Bowl. The injured player never played, but he was on the winning team. And at the end of the game, later on when the owner presented Super Bowl rings, that injured player who never played a game got a ring. Not only that, I found something out. Not only did the injured player get a ring, everybody on the team got a ring, including the cheerleaders. So I'm telling you today, if you can't play in the game, if you can't wear the right kind of uniform, at least you can cheer more those that's in the game because at the end, you will get a crown. Somebody ought to say, changes event that occur in your life. A birth, a marriage, and a death. But the most important game changing event that occurs is when you ask Jesus to save you. It was because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ we gather here today. The resurrection was truly a game-changing event. Let me close by saying this. Life is not a game, but it does involve competition. It's a spiritual competition where your soul is the trophy. It's a battle that we all experience. Y'all hear me now? Because some of y'all may be at halftime. Others may be in the fourth 
quarter. But for some of you, you are at the two-minute warning. And you ain't got no more timeouts. Don't let that final whistle blow. Let's stand. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.